it's all very worth saying, you know, we improve people's well-being. But if you can go down a, a level and and be very specific about what that actually means for people, then the story is much more powerful. You, your data is much more precise. Welcome to the Impact Diaries, where Heidi Fisher gives real-life examples of the five-stage lean social impact approach in action. We're in episode five of the Impact Diaries. Heidi Fisher, thanks so much for joining us once again. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say welcome to my podcast, Jamie. <laughs> I think you should say welcome to your podcast. <laughs> thanks for uh, thank, thanks for taking the time to describe what um, what stage five of the lean social impact approach is and, and uh, specific examples. So, so first question is, what, what is stage five? So stage five is the learn stage. This is um, essentially out of the impact measurement and management f- terminology. It's the management part of the, the process, which is all about what you actually do with your impact data internally within your organization to improve and refine and maximize the impact that you have as an organization. All it really is, is saying, you know, what what do we need to improve to maximize impact? Okay, well, that's really clear. That's, that's great. And to bring that to life, you've got a specific example of an organization that went through this stage and did it very effectively. Who is that? So this is a community hub that was focused primarily on engaging people and providing social interaction, community cohesion and um, reducing social isolation, as well as improving people's well-being. What were their key learnings then and how did they move forward or adapt as a result so for them, the, the key learnings were similar to, to what we talked about in um, the previous podcast where we did the analyse stage. They they were looking to see where they could maximise their impact and which activities would support the community most. Um, and one of their, their key learnings came from looking at how they actually needed to measure the outcomes and how they needed to in this case measure them slightly differently in that they needed to be much more specific so they needed to look at segmenting their their stakeholder groups rather than treating their their customers as the community as one group of people that were all lumped together they they started to to look at how they measured impact for the the different segments of that community based on the the activities they were accessing because although all of their activities are driven by improving community cohesion um, encouraging people to socialize more and improving well-being what they found was that actually depending on what activity people were accessing they there was potentially slightly different outcomes in terms of well-being and the reason for that is because well-being is a, a very generic, bland term that is kind of loosely thrown around for pretty much anything um, these days where you're working with people. And 
through through actually stopping and thinking it, um, with this piece of work and saying, well, actually, we we don't really want to capture just well being as a a term and an impact in that in that looser sense we want to be much more specific about what do we actually mean by improving well-being if we deliver this activity or if we deliver this particular activity so out of that came that there were actually some very health specific well-being outcomes that needed to be measured for particular activities and programs they were running and then there were other types of well-being activities that were related to people's skill sets and then there was another chunk of well-being that related to whether people felt that they were part of the community and had people to socialize with so by being much more specific they were able to ask more precise questions when capturing their impact data so by being more specific in terms of segments and then in terms of um, questions so they're getting specific measures of well-being rather than general what what happened next for them it meant that actually the the range of outcomes and the depth of information they could then talk about and present to to funders and also share with their partners was much more detailed so when we think about communicating our impact and the impact story we describe um it's all very well saying, you know, we improve people's well-being. But if you can go down a, a level and and be very specific about what that actually means for people, then the story is much more powerful. You, your data is much more precise. So from their perspective, they could then identify funders and partners and, and corporates, etc., that wanted to work with them on specific elements of improvement improving well-being um, and it just made it easier for them to get more money and it also meant that they got better quality data back. So better quality data, more specific data and more powerful stories of impact as well because rather than being vague and talking about well-being we're talking about very very specifically how people's lives, how people's well-being, how people's health has improved and, and what that actually means on a personal and human level coupled with the data um, that's uh, that's very very powerful, and that clearly had the results in terms of funding. For example, as you've just described, yeah. So for, for this example, the the focus and the, the 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 main element of the learning was around measuring the outcomes differently. But uh, the other part of this stage is is identifying if there are things that could be improved to achieve more outcomes. So that's really focusing around whether you need to deliver your work or activities in a different way uh, or alternatively completely rethink what you do because you're not achieving what you hoped you would. But in this circumstance, that, that wasn't really the, the focus of, of the, the learning for them. Their, their real learning came from unpicking the exact outcomes they were delivering and getting much more detail and being able to move more accurately re report and record what was actually happening for their stakeholders. Great. Okay. So that's a, that's a really important point to make in terms of what else can take place at this stage. And you've talked also earlier about communicating impact as well as adapting what you do as a result of 
learning, communicating impact can't take place, can it, until after you've gone through the measurement of that impact, going through all five stages of the lean social impact approach. But this is where people might, A, start start shouting about what they've um, done in terms of the outcomes achieved, and B, in some cases, put a financial value on that as well. I wondered if you could speak to the issue of SROI, social return on investment, when it comes to assigning financial value to impacts. Yeah, so the um, SROI, social return on investment, is a thing that people either love or hate. Um, I I happen to be in the, I, I quite love it. <laughs> um, You're I think, a former recovering accountant, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, so the fact that it has return on investment in there kind of makes it all feel nice and, and fabulous. But the, the, the real value with uh, assigning financial values to the impact that you have is that it makes it quite simple for people to understand. Uh, so, you know, your, your SROI is is six pounds for every pound you spend on your your activities and or services so it it it's very much simplifies it's down to one number but the the issue with that is that you then lose all of the story and the depth of of what you've actually delivered which is why although I do love social return and investment I'm very much for having a balanced approach between the two where you you have the financial numbers where they're appropriate but you still tell the story of what's actually happened in terms of your impact and also that not every organization needs to do a social return and investment calculation there are specific circumstances where it's better to, to use this type of approach and those are um, particularly where you are delivering services on behalf of the public sector where you potentially save them money because then it's worthwhile looking at what those potential savings are for for the public purse um, rather than if you are delivering something where there are, are less likely to be potential savings then it, it's probably not worth your while going down the the process of doing a social return on investment because um the whole thing behind social return on investment is that you don't overstate the values and therefore there are a number of adjustments that need to be made in the process which require you to to capture and ask certain questions of your stakeholders that you wouldn't otherwise have to to do so it's not always worth the additional um, effort to get those those bits of information okay so it really depends on the circumstances the type of contract the type of service the um, outcomes and uh, and so on as to whether it's worthwhile yeah so the the best ones um in terms of the types of things that there's lots and lots of financial values for health and social care there's a a lot of information around the the costs of um being in employment and having qualifications in comparison to to receiving um some kind of government support or benefits and there's also a lot around um crime and um offending so there's lots of financial values for all of those those areas of support as well as some other areas but those are perhaps the three areas where it's most developed okay so we've been uh, we've we've covered the five stages of the lean social impact approach with specific examples from clients 
that you've worked with as well. We were talking about the learn stage. You've run through what that actually is, how it works and how it worked for a um, specific uh, organisation too. What are the pitfalls or problems that people um, most commonly fall into in the learn stage? In the learn stage, um, which I probably haven't emphasised really so far in this podcast, is that it's it's something that isn't done on a on a weekly or monthly basis. It's something that's perhaps done every six months or once a year, where you look at the the overall emphasis and detail of what you've captured through your impact data so um, what can happen is that that gets sidelined because what do we also do once a year in most organizations we go through our, our business planning process and our budgeting process and we don't also incorporate impact into that process so that that's where the the biggest pitfall can can come but if you are taking a an impact-led approach to how you run your organization then looking at your impact and what you want to do in terms of continually improving is a fundamental part of your business planning and your strategic um, development that you would go through once a year and from the the data that you get through the learning stage that should be telling you what you need to create in terms of services or products or activities going forward and also where you need to focus any improvement and that should then feed into what do we need in terms of a budget to enable that to happen? Okay, right. And again, that makes a clear distinction between the analyse stage and the learn stage as well, where you talked in the last podcast episode of the Impact Diaries about the analysis being more immediate and not just putting things in a box and then looking at them Mm -hmm. uh, six months later, whereas the learn stage is is something where, you know, you you just drawn the distinction in terms of timing there quite clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much more of the the big picture sort of stepping back and and saying, well, you know, are are we doing the right things in terms of our our measurement? Are we measuring the right things? Um, Do we need to measure it in a different way because the, the approach we're taking doesn't work? And how can we continue to focus on maximizing our impact and achieving our ultimate goal so very much looking at the the overall big picture in terms of of what's happening and how that feeds into the business planning processes brilliant that's great and you've described all five stages of the lean social impact approach in the new book which we've um, we flagged up in previous episodes of the impact diaries the book out soon uh, pulling lots and lots of information, case studies, of course, practical advice out of your head, your experience, your expertise, and into a format that uh, makes it easy and digestible for people to to learn and to implement themselves in their organisations. Do you want to say any more about the book? No, I think you just described it perfectly for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Heidi, for, uh, for, for describing stage five of the Lean Social Impact Approach in this podcast, in this episode of the Impact Diaries. That's not the end of the series of the Impact Diaries because we're going to do another episode where we look at um, other elements that are really, really important to consider when it comes to impact measurement. In the meantime, 
Thanks ever so much for uh, for describing Stage 5 today. Thank you. It's been really enjoyable. I think I might do these more often. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds great. <laughs> You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Before you go, a quick announcement. Heidi's second book, Impact First, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Measuring, Managing and Growing Your Impact will be published soon. And you can pre-order a limited edition hardback version of the book through Heidi's website. The book gives you the know-how to measure, manage and communicate your impact so that you can grow your social enterprise. Go to makeanimpactcic.co.uk forward slash my dash book dash impact dash first to find details if you've enjoyed the podcast why not leave a review or rating and if you'd like to be on the show then please get in touch via my website makeanimpactcic.co.uk thank you for listening